0: Amen. All right, if you would pray with me this morning. God, if there is one reason to be filled up with joy today on a day where it's a little bit dreary outside, on a day when it seems like it's hard to figure out how to be happy, if there's one reason that we can be filled up with joy today, it's because your name is Emmanuel, God with us. You are with us. You're with us right now in this room. You're with us at our gatherings that are outside. You're you're with us in living rooms and you were with us in every single moment of every single day. So I pray today that that would fill us up with joy. You'd remind us how good you are. You've not left us, you've not forsaken us, but you actually came to us to prove forever and ever that you are God with us. So I pray right now, if anybody's starting this broadcast or coming into a room across this city lacking joy that they would leave filled up with joy, a supernatural joy, a joy that doesn't come from mustering up anything, but a joy that comes from you, Jesus. Teach us today what that is and how to do that. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, I'm so glad that you are tuning into this today, or you guys here at St. John, I'm so glad that you braved the the terrible weather and came here today. I want to tell you about two things real quick in the life of our church before we jump into the sermon. One is this is the Christmas season, and this is a reminder for us to be generous. Jesus showed generosity by losing everything to come to us. And so I want to encourage you, church, this season to be generous. If you go to austinstone.org slash give, you can give generously and radically this season to help ministry keep happening here in the city of Austin and around the world. And second, uh, Christmas Eve is right around the corner. Our Christmas Eve services will be online and scattered throughout the city. So if you go to austinstone.org, you can find out information about all the times and locations for Christmas Eve. All right, Uh, it is a total privilege to get to be with you today and to open up the word with you today speaking about this this concept that jesus is joy Uh, i have four kids and not long ago when one of my kids was in elementary school one of my sons pulled me aside and said dad can i ask you a really serious question and in our family we have this culture where it's like no question is too hard you can ask anything there's nothing that's like off limits we have that kind of culture in our family so i leaned in and i was like dude of course i got you yeah come sit on the couch let's hang out and i could tell he was like super nervous he was fumbling around for words to say he's like dad there's this word that people keep hearing in school keep in mind he's like elementary age all right seven year old dude and he's like man there's this word that people keep using around school and i have no idea what it means and I just kind of pretend that I know what it means but I actually don't know what it means and so would you tell me what it means and I'm like dude I got you there's nothing in the world that you can't ask me let me help you out he said okay dad um and he's like fumbling to get the words out he's like dad the word is pop tart and in that moment I had the best like sense of relief because I thought he was going to ask about a body part or a cuss word or something that kids were saying that I didn't even know what he was talking about. But his question was, Dad, what is a Pop-Tart? And so I felt, you know, a sense of relief. At the same time, I felt a massive sense of failure because in our house, as we tried to eat clean and keep junk food out of the house, Pop-Tarts had never entered into the Ivy household. I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, son, I have failed you. Get in the car. So we got in the car, started the car, we drove to the nearest uh, grocery store. I took him in, we were dead serious. I was like, dude, I'm about to blow your mind. I took him to the aisle that was filled full of sugary goodness. I stretched out my arms and I said, son, these are Pop-Tarts. And he just like wide-eyed looked at box after box after box after box of Pop-Tarts. We filled up our cart with at least 20 boxes of Pop-Tarts, every flavor you could imagine. We drove home, we fired up the toaster, we put him in there, we took him out, and he's like wide-eyed as he puts this rectangular-shaped piece of processed dough filled with strawberry goodness, covered with sugary icing into his mouth, and instantly, he got so giddy. He jumped up, he ran around the room clapping like, dad, this is the greatest moment of my entire life. And I saw in his eyes this childlike joy that was indescribable in that moment. And when I saw his joy, it filled me up with joy, where after that, the rule was, dude, you can have as many Pop-Tarts as you want, because when you have that kind of joy, and when I see that kind of joy, man, I want to give you whatever it takes, so bring on the Pop-Tarts. See, children have no problem finding joy. They can find joy in the smallest things children can find joy in things that you and I might not find joy in and then we get to become adults and it seems super hard to find joy like we know we all want joy we want to feel joy we know as Christians we should have joy but joy seems to be like something that just kind of slips through your fingers especially when we're in a hard year or a hard season Or we find ourselves in the moment that we find ourselves in 2020. Honestly, sometimes it seems like a contradiction to say we should be joyful in a season like 2020. It seems so hard to find. And so that's why I think today is so incredibly important as we look at Jesus being joy. Because we need it. Like you need it today, I need it today. I didn't wake up feeling joyful, but I need it because I'm a Christian and you're about to see there's so much about Jesus' joy that has a massive impact on my life and your life every single day. I'm really thankful for this season right now that we call Advent because God has given us time and space to warm up our hearts for what's going to come december 25th like i don't want to miss out on what god wants to do on december 25th as we're mindful that jesus came to us i don't want you to miss out like i don't want you to miss out on things like hope and joy and peace and love just because it's been a hard year i don't want to miss it i don't want to get through this season and go man i was so focused on what's right in front of me that i missed the power of Christmas. These are the basics of what it means to celebrate Christmas. You know, when I think of Jesus, I'm not sure what you think about when you think of Jesus, but when I think of Jesus, I don't often think of him being joyful. It's not something that comes to mind. Like, I have no problem picturing him as meek and gentle and servant-hearted, lowly, I don't have a problem in my imagination of imagining him as a healer or a great teacher. Like I can picture in my mind, Jesus standing on a mountain in front of people giving the sermon of the Mount and then being wowed and their eyes being opened to these amazing truths. I can picture that. Like I can picture baby Jesus in a manger crying at night. I can picture 33 year old Jesus hanging on a cross, For my sins. I can picture those things. Maybe it's because I've seen movies that have depicted those scenarios throughout the years, but I can imagine it. But if I'm really honest, I rarely picture Jesus as being joyful. I just, I don't know why that's the case. I picture paintings. There was a painting in my house when I was growing up of white Jesus with a frown on his face and just kind of scowling at people. Nobody told me A, Jesus isn't white and B, Jesus wasn't moping around sad all the time. But that's what my picture was in my head. I didn't imagine him laughing hysterically with his disciples about something. I didn't imagine him like pulling up at a table and like, Eating a meal with with his friends and just like having this epic moment of delight like clapping like oh my gosh, this is Amazing. I don't picture Jesus having fun I picture him as the man of sorrows I picture him as the lamb of God that was slain for us, which is right. We should view him that way But rarely do I think of him as the happiest human being in the universe the joy of Jesus, honestly, isn't something that we talk about very often. Like other than Advent last year, I can't remember the last time I taught about joy in Christ or heard a sermon about the joy of Christ. It's just not something that comes up very often as we think of the person Jesus. But I'm telling you this week, I honestly have been floored as I have seen in the scripture the joy of Jesus in the gospels. Like so many times this week as I've been preparing this sermon and praying for you and for you watching online so many times this week, I've looked at the word of God in the gospels and gone, how in the world have I missed this part of Jesus? How did I miss out on the fact that this man was the most joyful human being to ever live? And man, it's not because Jesus lacked suffering in his life. I mean, if you think about it, the scripture says that Jesus bore all of our sorrows, all of our shame, all of our sin. Jesus wasn't oblivious to suffering. He wasn't happy because he didn't have suffering in his life. But he can sympathize with our weakness and our sorrow because he's actually experienced them. Like Jesus wept, Jesus cried, Jesus bawled his eyes out. Jesus grieved at the death of a best friend. Jesus was moved with sorrow in his heart. And yet, with all of that in his life, Jesus had an unparalleled, unchangeable, unshakable, irreversible, habitual joy in his life. In a way, Jesus made a habit out of being joyful in all things. So I want to lay all the cards out on the table, right? No hidden agenda here. Here's the agenda this morning. You ready? All the cards are on the table. I want to convince you this morning of the joy that is in Jesus Christ. I want you to walk out of here convinced that Jesus is not only the most joyful person, but he wants to give you an amazing sense of joy. Because before you and I could ever, ever receive the joy of Jesus, we've gotta first believe and maybe reimagine what Jesus is like by having the ingredient of joy in his character and his personality and who he is. His joy started all the way back at the beginning when he came to this earth nearly 2,000 years ago i want to show you what i'm talking about if you've got a bible you can open it up if not it'll be on the screen but this is luke chapter 2 a really familiar passage of scripture especially in this christmas season but it's luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14. this is what it says and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Man, the good news of Jesus's arrival is good news of joy. The good news was news of great joy. Joy was the first way that the angels used to articulate what it was like that Jesus was coming. The angels essentially said in my uh, you know, modern interpretation, hey, everybody, he's here. Finally, you've been waiting for this moment. Jesus is here. And you know what also is here? Joy, because joy is Jesus. I've got good news for you. Joy has showed up on a scene where maybe joy wasn't there before. And it's for everybody. Joy is here and joy is for everyone. Like think about it. Joy came to the most unlikely people on the planet in that moment. The people that God chose to show himself to first were shepherds. They were sometimes the lowest in society. And then he showed himself to wise men that were fairly esteemed in society. As if to say, hey, I'm not leaving anybody out. Anybody can get joy. It doesn't matter if you think you're low in society or you think you're high in society. I'm coming for every single person, no matter your job, your income, your education, your circumstance, your ethnicity, your gender. Any other category you could possibly come up with yourself to classify who you are doesn't matter. I've come for you and joy is what I've brought to you. Joy has come. That's how the story starts. So then as Jesus goes from kid to man, joy was still used to describe his personality. Like his vibe was all about joy. You remember the moment where a couple of the Pharisees pulled uh, some people aside and they were criticizing Jesus. They were criticizing him for having too much fun. They're like, this guy can't be the Messiah. He's eating and drinking and hanging out with people. He was scolded for being joyful. Like Jesus was the life of the party. Jesus was fun to be around. If Jesus invited you a party, you said, yes, he was fun to be around. And Jesus even said, he taught that joy is, was a critical component in receiving the kingdom of God and knowing what the kingdom of God was like. You know this, Jesus often used parables to teach what he was like and how we should be as his followers. And one of my favorite parables in all of the scripture is the parable that you're probably familiar with where Jesus is talking about what a shepherd does when a shepherd goes after a lost sheep and he's using this story to illustrate what he's like when he goes after a lost sheep. And in the story, Jesus says that he, the shepherd leaves the 99, right, to go get the one. And do you know what emotion Jesus wraps this story inside of? I would think it would be the emotion of like frustration, exhaustion, man, I gotta go get this sheep again, come on. But that's not the emotion that this story was wrapped in. Matthew eighteen thirteen says this, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. Jesus feels joy every single time he goes after a lost sheep. So many times I think jesus is like aaron are you kidding i've got to come after you again but that's not what's true of the scripture jesus has joy every single time he goes after you and me the scripture goes on to say that after jesus finds the sheep or the shepherd finds the sheep he puts the sheep over his shoulders joyfully he rejoices I don't know why I'm doing this. I've never held a sheep over my shoulders, but I figured this is what a shepherd would do. And then he goes back to his house and he gathers up all of his friends and all of his family. And he says, hey guys, we're going to rejoice together because I found my lost sheep. And if that's not enough, in the same moment, the scripture says that all of heaven has joy as they rejoice over Jesus doing what Jesus does when he goes after lost sheep and he saves them. It says this in Luke 15, five through seven. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Joy is at every bend of the story. Jesus often delighted in being a son of his father, Jesus often delighted in being around his disciples. Jesus had joy as he met with the broken and the weary. And Jesus even had joy when he took on sin and suffering and the cross for you and for me. Like you guys remember the story of the night right before Jesus died? He went to the garden to pray. And he goes to the garden and he prays and he tells his father in heaven about how troubled he is. Like he admits sorrow. He admits his soul being troubled. But do you know what sustained him? What endured him to actually pursue the cross and actually endure the cross? You know what it was that endured the most suffering that any human being had ever experienced? It was joy. Hebrews 12.12 says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured joy the cross. Joy is something peculiarly, particularly needed to endure suffering. Joy is not something that's only available on the other side of suffering, but joy is needed to go through suffering. Joy and suffering aren't at odds. They weren't at odds in Jesus's life, and they're not, listen, they're not at odds in your life. There's a reason that in the old hymn, How Great Thou Art, we sing the lyric about Jesus, that my burden gladly bearing Jesus took the cross. There's a reason. There's a reason because even his obedience to the cross was laced with eagerness and willingness. Joy endured him. Listen, I'm telling you, I could keep going on and on and on and give you like another hour of examples of how much joy was wrapped in the story of Jesus but it's all throughout his story from the birth in the manger to his life as a kid and an adult and to the cross and even right now as Jesus lives as the resurrected King there is joy Jesus is joy alright so you nod your head along and you're like got it Jesus is joy what does that have to do with me like, why is that good news for me? It's easy to say, well, great job, Jesus. Jesus, you're perfect. Of course, you could have joy all the time, but I'm not perfect and today is really hard or this month is really hard or this year is really hard. What in the world does Jesus' joy have to do with me? Well, there is crazy good news for you today because Jesus wants his joy to be your joy. Jesus wants his joy to be your joy. Like all the joy that he ever experienced throughout his life, all the joy that he experiences right now, even while suffering on earth and even while in heaven with his father, that kind of inexpressible, outrageous, unexchangeable joy he wants to give to you. If you go back to that night in the garden that we just talked about, he also says something to his disciples that when I read it, like blows my mind. So he prays to his father and then he looks at his disciples and he says this, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That is astounding. If that doesn't shake you a little bit to hear the words of Jesus saying, hey, it's okay. My joy, I want it to be your joy so your joy can be full. That doesn't shake you, all right? You need to keep reading it until it shakes you. There's something astounding about that. Jesus doesn't look at these disciples and say, hey, just be happy. Pull yourself up, buy your bootstraps, get it together, and be happy. No, Jesus says you can't do that. Like that doesn't work. You can't do that. But you can have my joy. I know you can't find joy on your own. I know it's not possible. You're not strong enough. But all of the joy that I have, I want to give to you so it can be your joy. We all say this a lot as Christians. Jesus gave everything to me. Jesus gave me the, the, the he took the death that I deserve. Jesus has given me heaven. Jesus is giving all of himself to me, right? We say that kind of stuff. All the time but hear this jesus is not a hypocrite jesus doesn't give everything and then leave out this small tiny ingredient called joy he gives joy too that's a part of what he has given to you and to me man i wonder how contagious the joy of jesus was to be around you know what i mean have you ever pictured like just kind of yourself in all of these moments i wonder how contagious his joy was. Like I love, I love being around joyful people, right? Uh, I try to love everyone, right? Because I'm a Christian and so do you. But the people that I really enjoy being around are people that are hopeful, people that are optimistic, people that are full of joy. Because when I get around that person, I can't help but also find myself joyful. Jimmy McNeil, he's our worship pastor at West Campus. Jimmy McNeil is one of the most joyful people that I know. You're shaking your head if you know him. And if you're at West Campus right now, you're shaking your head too. And it's not because Jimmy doesn't have suffering in his life. Jimmy has had a really hard year. But Jimmy has a strange, peculiar joy in him. And when I'm around Jimmy, you know what? I can't help but get a little bit more joyful. The joy of Jesus is infinitely more than that but you have to be around it. The joy of Jesus is contagious. It is compelling. It is magnetic to be around, but you have to be around it to get it. Like you have to know Jesus. There's no way to get the joy of Jesus without knowing him, without walking with him, without reading his word, without praying to him, in the garden of the darkest night of your soul and saying, Jesus, I need you. You will only find that true, lasting, weird, outrageous joy in 2020 and 2021 if you're around Jesus. See, Christian joy is not just a concept. Christian joy isn't a decision. Christian joy isn't a conviction. Christian joy isn't something you conjure up, but Christian joy is an emotion. It's a feeling, and most of the time, you and I don't have any control over our feelings. We don't have any control over what emotion we have when we wake up first thing in the morning. So how weird is it that God would command us in the scripture to have joy? Like how weird is it that he would say in Luke 6, 23, rejoice and be glad. It's a command, rejoice and be glad. Leap for joy, for behold, your reward in heaven is great. Or how weird is it that the psalmist would tell us, command us, this is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Why does God command us to do something or feel something when it seems like we have no control over what we feel in any given moment. has ever thought about that? Why in the world would that be a command? When I read this scripture, this Psalm specifically, it seems as though our ability to be joyful is proportional to a heart of thankfulness. Like thankfulness and rejoicing go hand in hand. We should be thankful that our reward is coming. We should be thankful that this day, right now today, is the day that the Lord has made. And he put me in it, and he put you in it, and he gave us purpose in it. We should be thankful that we have one more day. Listen to this. Thankfulness, thankfulness is the fertile ground from which joy sprouts. A heart of thankfulness, an attitude, a vibe of thankfulness is the fertile ground from which joy sprouts up. One of the things I love the most about being a Christian is knowing that I don't have the power to do anything on my own. Like I am sinful. I am a weak pastor, but being a Christian isn't about possessing a power to do anything on my own. It's not about conjuring up some emotion like joy on my own. It's about receiving a greater power that doesn't come from me. Listen, joy. Joy is the overwhelming feeling when something great strikes your heart. Think about the last time, just speaking in like just normal old life kind of stuff when joy just out of nowhere popped. It's probably because something great struck your heart. See, joy is looking at a Savior who knows all your flaws, all of your weaknesses, all of your suffering, but absolutely loves and desires and wants and likes you. That's where Christian joy comes from. You can clap for that. Thank you for leading us in clapping because that is good news for us. It's so good. Christian joy comes from being around Jesus, letting your heart be struck by something great, then when you do, his joy rubs off on you. His happiness becomes yours. It's a promised thing that you get, but only when you get around Jesus. Joy is a promised fruit of the Holy Spirit. I don't love fruit, but I do love strawberries. Whatever your fruit of choice is, here it is, the fruit of the Spirit, the greatest thing, the most tasty and savory thing, the thing that you get to enjoy, that you get to hold in your hand, that gets to be a, a part of you. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Galatians 5, through 23, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Man, a person that is overflowing with joy comes from the work of the Holy Spirit in that person. John Piper said this about what the spirit wants to do in us to produce joy. The spirit gives us eyes to see the beauty of Jesus that call up joy out of our hearts. How do you rejoice? How do you find joy in 2020 or 2021? How do you do it? You get around Jesus every moment. Every single day you get around Jesus and you ask him to fill you up with what the spirit promises he will fill you up with. If you lack joy today, ask for joy. If you lack joy in 2020, hey, welcome to the club. I have to ask for joy every single day. And what I know is that God's not a liar and he's faithful to do every single thing that he promises. Children have no problem finding joy. They can find it in the smallest of things. And children of God have no problem finding joy if they find it in Jesus Christ. And He is no small thing, He is not a strawberry filled Pop Tart. He is a really big thing that's lasting and will never ever change. He is always there. He never leaves us alone. He's present in every single day of your life, right there in front of you. You can't see him with your eyes, but he's present in your everyday life and he's given you really good gifts to show you his goodness and his kindness. Listen, in this season, if you find joy in things like your family or your job, your children, a walk around town lake, savor it, enjoy it. That's a good gift that has been given by him. But as good as those things are, they will never compare to the joy that is found in Christ Jesus. You just have to be around him. You have to savor him. You have to call out to him even when you don't feel like it. You have to ask him. And you know what Jesus, the heart of Jesus delights to do? He delights to give you his joy. This is one of the last things he said before he went to the cross. He said this to his disciples. He said, truly, truly, truly. Three trulies means y'all listen up. This is super important. Truly, 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 I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also, you will have sorrow now but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. So ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask and receive that your joy may be full. So I'd love to pray over you before we jump in and we sing another song. And I'm gonna ask on your behalf, you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm gonna ask that he would fill you up with a weird, supernatural, strange, contagious kind of joy because he's Jesus and he's good and you can trust him. So if you would, would you just close your eyes and maybe hold out your hands and we just receive this prayer of blessing over you today, wherever you're at. Jesus, you are our joy no one stacks up to you no one compares to you we do experience little small joys along the way and those are good gifts from you but jesus you are the ultimate joy so i pray in the name of jesus today i pray in the name of jesus that there would be fertile ground of thankfulness and my brothers and sisters. And that from that fertile ground of thankfulness, you would do what only you can do, that you would sprout up the fruit of your Holy Spirit, the fruit of joy today. May we be the most joyful people in the city of Austin, not because we lack suffering, but because we have Christ. I pray that and ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen amen all right well wherever you're at let's stand up together let's sing out today let's sing with joy in our hearts tell your soul today to hope in God and then experience the joy of Christ as you sing about how there is nothing nothing that compares to Jesus and who he is